Welcome to Revenue Rehab, your one-stop destination for collective solutions to the biggest challenges faced by marketing leaders today. Now head on over to the couch, make yourself comfortable, and get ready to change the way you approach revenue. Leading your recovery is modern marketer, author, speaker, and chief operating officer at Tegrita, Brandy Starr. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Revenue Rehab. I am your host, Brandy Starr, and we have another amazing episode for you today. I am joined by Brad Rosen. Brad is the president of Sales Assembly and is a proven go-to-market and operations leader. Brad has extensive experience in growing B2B GTM teams, including being employee number three at G2 and a passion for revenue operations. He is a firm believer that a well-built RevOps organization can be a true differentiator in driving efficient and effective growth. Welcome to Revenue Rehab, Brad. Your session begins now. All right. Glad to be here. Thanks for having me. Yes, I am excited to have you. Revenue operations is one of my favorite topics to talk about. <laughs> but before we jump in there, I like to break the ice with a little woo-saw moment that I call buzzword banishment. So tell me what buzzword would you like to get rid of forever? Wow, this might be uh, seen as a little faux pas, but like I'm going to say platform. I just think that everybody wants to be a platform these days. I'm not exactly sure why. I mean, I understand from a valuation standpoint, but uh, you think of revenue operations, you think of platforms, uh, they can have a lot of different connotations. So I just wish everybody would say exactly what they want to do and who they want to be and mostly stay in their lane and uh, stop trying to be everything for everyone. I am definitely with you there. I do think in technology, there was a phase where being a complete platform was a good selling point. But right now, you know, things plug and play together so well that it's like, just be amazing at your thing and let other people be amazing at their thing. And then we can put them all together. Um, so yeah. I am good with putting that in the box um, and not talking about platforms. Um, if we get into women's shoes, that's a whole different thing. Platforms are <laughs> different kind of platform. We can uh, <laughs> those are fine. Yeah. yeah, it's like, you know, I was born in the 70s and, and that always kind of stuck with me. I love a good platform. But anywho, now that we've gotten that off our chest, tell me what brings you to Revenue Rehab today? Well, I think revenue operations, as it's continued to grow, has has really gotten um, a bad rap in the sense that people don't really know what it is. And so folks have different expectations for what it's supposed to be at their company or for different places. And so I think we really need to hone in on what revenue operations is and what it can do for your business and what it can't do for your business. Awesome. Um, yeah, I had the pleasure um, in episode 50 of talking to Rosalind Santa Elena, who I know that you know, um, and she had that very similar perspective as well. So I'm going to dig into some of your thoughts around what it is shortly. But before I do that, 
I believe in setting intentions. It gives us focus. It gives us purpose. And most important, it gives our audience an idea of what they should expect from our conversation today. So tell me, what are your best hopes for our talk? Or what would you like to be different after this session? I hope that people can take away where they can lean in, what they can do with their current resources, whether that be with revenue operations or without uh, that model, and then being able to make their business more efficient uh, one way or another. Awesome. Um, so I like to start off, you talked about what revenue operations is, what it isn't. Give me your definition. What is RevOps? I believe that revenue operations allows you to make your business more effective and efficient. And I keep it pretty broad in that sense, because I do think that when you leave it that broad, you leave yourself the available opportunity to make it what it needs to be. Uh, when we think about when you're a smaller business, that probably means one thing, probably looking at systems and building out different uh, strategies and opportunities that you see are coming your way. And then as we grow and we build into maybe a mid-sized company, we have more things around strategy and we're thinking about how are we going to market? We're being able to adapt to a larger sales team and be able to think about how the revenue works, probably longer tail, retention, upsell, and, and larger go-to-market teams. And then as we get into the enterprise, we're thinking about specialization and we're really starting to have business partners on the revenue operations side. We're thinking about specific people that are doing comp plans, uh, quota and comp design, people that are doing things around uh, data and analytics and being very predictive with the business as opposed to reactive. Awesome. And, and I love that you broke it down by different sizes of organization, because I do think that that is one place where I see a lot of the blurriness come in. Um, you know, you'll see small businesses that look at what's being done in RevOps in, you know, a global company. And it's like, oh, that's for us. We don't need that. Or, you know, global companies feeling like, oh, you know, having someone that's just putting the systems in place, like, you know, we can figure that out or we can hand that to this other group. Um, so it's like really looking at all of these different sort of flavors of revenue operations. Um, one way that I would like to further define it, because it is a, a, a varying opinion across the industry, when you're thinking about revenue operations, are you seeing that operation supporting across all of the revenue functions, sales, marketing, support, success, um, or primarily leaning into the sales function um, as revenue? Yeah, I think when you say revenue, ideally, it's across all of those markets, the sales, the marketing, CS uh, operations. And I do think that there is an opportunity, though, to be nimble with that definition. If you have a really strong CMO and uh, somebody who's really operationally inclined within the marketing department, I wouldn't say, hey, go, you know, just have that person now report up to a RevOps leader, right? There's opportunities to work with your counterparts, depending on the talent that's on your team. And especially in growing businesses, you should take advantage of the talent that's on your team. And that does mean there's collaboration, that you have to make sure that you're working together cross-functionally and that you're driving towards the same goals. But I do think that ideally revenue operations rolls and you have opportunities to roll up to the same place because then you have opportunities for economies of scale. You have a full view of the revenue org. You have an understanding of when a lead comes in, what does that look like through sale, through retention? And then you can go back and close the loop and say, okay, 
here are some of the customers that are not retaining as well. Let's refocus our lead funnels on specific funnels that are driving the, the customers that are re, uh, seeing retention. So if you break out those roles, you need to make sure you have a really tight feedback loop and strong data that is able to move throughout the funnel to be able to tell the story and be able to look back and make uh, strong business decisions. So there's a couple things that you said there that I want to dig into. So the first is around the resources and org structure, because this is another thing that I see debated. And I do agree that there is no right air quotes way. Um, I am a believer as well that in most cases, the ideal situation is having a revenue operations leader and having it as a unified team. Um, but, you know, when you look at the reality of where people sit within the organization today, in a lot of cases, each function has their operations or operations like people. Um, so I want to hear some of your thoughts, you know, whether I'm head of marketing, head of sales, head of revenue as a whole um, in my organization, if we don't have RevOps in place and I'm starting to look at where these roles should exist and how to get to ideal state, what advice or thoughts do you have around where people sit, how to start to build a function if you don't currently have buy-in resources for there to be, you know, a full leader and, and just, you know, go all in? Yeah, I think you need to look at what you're looking to accomplish with with whatever you're trying to do. And if you're trying to define a revenue operations role within your organization, I think you really have to get down to what would you want this person doing? Where do you have gaps in your revenue, you know, go to market? So do you have gaps in the idea that if things, if we have a leaky bucket, do we have gaps in our lead generation? Do we have gaps in data reporting? So there's a lot of different things that a revenue operations professional can do and so I think they will roll up to whoever it makes the most sense to, or they should at least. So if they're rolling up to the CRO, for instance, they're probably going to have a sales focused uh, operations team, which means they're going to be driving towards you know, top line revenue and they can still have counterparts on other parts of the organization. But like that's the, the charter and that's what you're telling your RevOps team to do if they're going to roll up through the sales organization. Now, you know, counter to that, if you were to roll up to the CFO, for instance, you may be looking at the organization a little broader with some more things around expenses and how are we spending our time and efficiency. It's not to say that you can't do that rolling up through the, uh, the CRO, but I do think that like you're inherently telling the team what you want them to focus on based on the org structure that you're presenting. Um, and also the incentive structure, like how are we incentivizing a revenue operations team is it strictly on top line revenue? Is it on you know profitability? There's a lot of different ways to do that. Um, but ultimately, the revenue operations team is like any other team. They're going to produce results based on the incentives and the expectations that you set for them. Um, so true. And I think that is, you brought up an interesting point in that People are doing what they're measured on and the direction that their leader is giving. And I think that is one of the places that I have always seen where having revenue operations or really just the different ops functions almost creates gaps when it isn't its own team. Because, you know, if it's reporting into the CFO and it, it's looking at things with mainly that financial lens then there becomes this other gap in how things are impacting the other 
functions. Um, something else that you kind of alluded to in your last two responses is around the skill sets of what operations people are doing. You talked a lot about being forward thinking, you know, analyzing the data, being able to have some of those strategic insights and, and be able to analyze and interpret what is happening. And I know that that is a key skill set that doesn't always exist in the other teams when it's not an operations role. Um, what are some of the other skill sets? Like if we're trying to identify people on our team that may be able to shift into or even take on some of the immediate needs around RevOps, what do those people look like? Because I know they're not your traditional sales or marketing or CS people. So what are some of those skill sets that you see really lend well to being effective in the role of RevOps? Yeah, I, I think it's really interesting because the way the role has evolved, there's a lot of different backgrounds that actually go into this profession. You could have come from a sales background. There's folks that maybe came from a marketing background, definitely could have come from a consulting background or an analytical systems background, and then grew within that role. So for myself, for instance, I came from a go-to-market background. I've been part of sales and CS leadership for a long time and recognized that I could couple that with my analytical background. And that was really where I saw the benefits of revenue operations is you kind of bring all those things together. But you have a certain lens that you're bringing to the role based on your background. So um, I do think that the number one key is somebody that is able to wear a lot of hats and kind of do a lot of different things. Um, you're consistently taking on new projects. You have to be able to prioritize ruthlessly uh, because you have a lot of different stakeholders. You have counterparts who are in marketing and sales and CS and finance. Um, so you're kind of working with them. Then you obviously have your leader who also has a directive. And then you have the business as a whole. So even if you're rolling up to the CRO, there's still probably a mandate within the business to do certain things, cut costs, increase revenue, whatever it may be. And those may be counter technically to what your leader is saying or your counterparts are saying. So you have to really understand how do I prioritize my, my time, my team's time, and be able to say no. So you have to have conviction on what you're doing and be able to then you know, have a strong conversation, whether that's across the organization or up or down and be able to say, this is why I'm doing these certain things. And this is the outcome we're expecting out of those specific projects or initiatives. Okay. And you hit on your background a little bit. And so I'd like to dig in a, a bit there because I know that you have seen the evolutions. You know, at one point, RevOps was this thing nobody understood or saw any value in. Um, and then over the past how many ever years it has become a more consistent conversation. And we are starting to see roles like chief of revenue operations and, and you know other leadership roles. Um, so tell me a bit about your background in the context of revenue operations and how you have seen this evolve. Yeah, I mean, I started my career in finance. Um, and so I had this kind of financial modeling background for a long time which I think comes into use when you're looking at data and you're trying to make sense of the data and you're trying to make then determinations on what to do next and give strategic uh, recommendations for the business, which I think is ultimately where you wanna go as a revenue operations professional. You don't wanna just create things that people are telling you to create. You don't wanna just be able to take that next step and say, well, you asked me to create this, but I actually made it a little bit better. What you wanna do is be able to get to that predictive point where you say, I'm seeing this in the data this is what I think we can do 
to make the business better. And so you're being predictive. So that was kind of my analytical piece. And then I did run sales and CS teams for a long time. Um, and so I was able to get the other side of it, which I think is very important. So I think if you only come from the sales and, and go to market side of things, you miss kind of some of that analytical piece of it. And if you come from only the analytics side of thing, you really miss the empathy for the salesperson and how hard it is to carry a bag and how tough that role is. And trying to balance the two is really challenging because you're consistently as, as a revenue operations professional, you're consistently sitting in between what's good for the business and what's good for this, for the reps, for the sales, the CS, the BDRs, those teams and um, folks personally, right, as well. And so you're constantly having to make decisions. And so that empathy goes a long way to understanding where somebody's coming from, where you can give and where you have to, you know, take a little bit and be able to say yes and no and find um, where the best opportunities are to do that. Yeah. And I know, um, I, don't, I don't know if you know Helen Batiste, but I talked to her uh, a while back at a time when she was actually running all of the revenue functions. So she had marketing sales uh, support and operations. And she said something very similar in that that was one of the best parts of running all the departments because she was able to do exactly what you said, which was look at what's best for the business as well as what's best for the individuals and kind of removing that ego, so to speak, of, you know, I'm the head of this or the head of that. So, you know, I'm the head of marketing. So, don't cut my budget. I'm the head of sales. So I need more people. You know, it took all of that out. And I do think that that you're very right in that revenue operations is that role or that function that does have to look across everything to make sure that, you know, we're putting efforts behind the right initiatives, that there's data behind it, etc. Um, so really interesting how you brought that in, because I had not really thought about that aspect of it. Yeah, uh, I love Helen, we, we go way back as well. And we have very much the same thought process there. And I think that the key thing to mention there is you mentioned across the business, and at some point, you need leaders who are driving their teams, and they have specific initiatives, we have a sales leader, we have a CS leader, we have a marketing leader, we have, you know, implementation leader, um, and they all the, have their specific initiatives. But then you also need somebody who's looking across the business to understand, yes, I understand that somebody's pushing really hard to purchase this tool or to change this process. But like, for the business as a whole, that's not the best decision. And you need to be able to have somebody that kind of removes themselves from any specific team and looks at it from a holistic view of the business perspective, especially um, when you look at the last six to 12 months, we obviously have seen different things happening, uh, budgets being cut and really thinking about what are the prioritizations of the business? How do we get the most efficiency out of our team? And you're gonna have obviously differing opinions based on what department you're in. And so ultimately the business as a whole needs to think about where are we going to invest and continue to invest across the business? It's a trade-off, right? It's not, we're going to invest all here or, or all here. We need to figure out the right balance. And so if you, as a revenue operations professional, if you have that data, you should have that foundation to help make those decisions. Yeah. And those trade-offs are, are so important because I think what happens in a lot of businesses is they don't have someone looking at what are we going to lose? What are we going to miss out on? What are we going to not be able to do if we make these other 
challenges. And, you know, as a consultant, we handle some of the rev ops for a lot of our clients. And that's usually the perspective that I'm bringing to the conversations. Like, yes, I understand you want to, you know, you've got to reduce the marketing budget here, but that also means, you know, X, Y, and Z is going to not happen. Down the line? Yeah. yeah. Or in eight months, you know, there's going to be no leads because you're, you know, closing off the top of the funnel. Like there's those sort of things. Um, and even retention concerns of employees. Like, you know, I've seen people opt to non-renew technology because they want to save money. And it's like, people are investing their careers in using this tech. So, if you're taking away all the good toys, somebody's going to go, you know, they're going to go play in a different sandbox. Um, okay. And so those conversations, I think, are the places where people who don't have RevOps people in place don't actually recognize what's missing from the conversation. Because so often it's, well, we can take from here, we can take from there, but nobody is really digging in to say, well, what does that really mean? Right. It's, you know, the checks and balances. And what's interesting is you come in as a third party. So you have the autonomy and the authority to be able to make those declarations and be able to point those things out. Um, ideally, you have somebody internally that will challenge leadership um, the same way. Right. Um, which is hard to do. But that's why having a leader in that in that role is important. Um, an individual contributor who may not have that conviction or, you know, the, the experience to back that up. Can be you know troublesome if they if they don't have the ability to express what they're feeling and how they think it may affect things you mentioned the pulling back and we see that in revenue operations we see that in enablement and uh you know that a lot of folks are pulling back on those roles when in reality those are the roles that really you get one person who affects many right and makes the efficiency of the, the team as a whole significantly better and so um, I actually see it as relatively short-sighted when you do that. Uh, and I'm not saying like, uh, that's a broad, you know, conversation, obviously you have to go organization by organization, but if you were to just say, Hey, we could cut rev ups and we could cut enablement and that would save us a lot of money. It's just really, yes, it will for right now, but what are the effects down the road? And what do you, you know, bite off your hand to spite your face? Like you're just going to, at some point you're going to feel the effects of that. And most likely it's going to be, as things hopefully are starting to ramp back up and you're not able to grow as fast as you want to because you don't have the infrastructure in place that's necessary to do that. Yeah, and jumping back to the, the first part of that point, I think that is a good reason to advocate for a leader in revenue operations because you are right. Someone that is an individual contributor um, may not be comfortable or you know have that personality to step in but even if they do, a lot of times they're not going to be at the table when those conversations are happening. So even if they may be ready, willing and able to step up and challenge leadership, if there's conversations happening about where should cuts be made or, you know, how should resources be deployed? And there's no one from revenue operations that is in that conversation or asked about the downstream impact then I think that, that that's another place where it's just getting missed. Um, and sure. I hadn't actually thought about that as a point because you're right, like us coming in as a third party, we have served as that leader um, being able to challenge and you know wave the yellow flag of, we need to slow down and, and think about this some more. Um, so that's a really, really great point. 
Um, and kind of the last area that I want to shift to is we've talked a lot about the opportunities and how the role has evolved. Let's talk about the challenges. I don't want to just talk about the good <laughs> stuff because it doesn't always go well. Um, yeah. So let's talk about what challenges do you see in either trying to get a RevOps team in place or even just being able to lead and support revenue operations? I think the, the first one is, is that while the, the role is growing, it, it's uh, challenging to find somebody that's right for the specific role for your company at that stage. We talked a little bit about this earlier in the conversation, but I do think that's really important to understand what are you looking for and what does your company need right now? It's the same way when you talk about a scaling startup uh, says, oh, I want to go hire a, a sales rep from you know, Salesforce or LinkedIn or Microsoft. And it's like, well, hold on. Do you like, are you ready for that? <laughs> do you have the infrastructure? Do they have the skill set that is necessary to succeed in your growing startup who maybe doesn't have all the resources that they had at those other companies? Um, same thing with RevOps. Like if somebody who is a RevOps at a really large company, um, we can use the same companies and then tries to come in as the first RevOps hire at a 60 person series A, series B company completely different skill set that's necessary. And then we also look at the buckets of skill sets. Are they a systems focused person? Are they a go-to-market strategic focused person? Are they more data and analytics? And then what are they going to need around them to be successful? So um, I think some of the challenges are, first of all, aligning that higher to what you need within your organization. And then the second thing is understanding what else. RevOps is not going to solve all of your problems, right? Like if you don't have a <laughs> good- magic. <laughs> that, that, that's where it gets funny. It's like, oh, well, if we hire a RevOps person, they'll do this and this, 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 this. Okay, maybe they can do some of that, but you still need a really strong product. You still need a really great go-to-market motion. You still need to be able to, you know, service and retain customers. And RevOps can help with a lot of that, helping with systems, helping with data, helping with strategic vision and being able to make sure that we're going after the right people and, and synthesizing the right data. But uh, I think that's also a challenge is that you bring one person in who maybe has a certain skill set in reality, you needed two or three, or that you're asking them to do something that is not really a revenue operations um, role, because it's easy to kind of kitchen sink the, the role and say, well, anything that's outside the purview of like straight selling, we're just going to give to them or, or straight marketing or straight CS, and they'll kind of be that, that catch all, um, which typically that's how RevOps ends up. Um, working and then you run into the challenge of either we don't have enough time for prioritization of all these projects or that person's skill set doesn't align with what we're looking to accomplish. Um, awesome. Well, talking about our challenges is just the first step and nothing changes if nothing changes if nothing changes. So in traditional therapy, the therapist gives the client some homework, but here at Revenue Rehab, we like to flip that on its head and ask you to give us some homework. So I always love to um, have clear takeaways and action items. And so can you give us your one thing that our listeners should do? What is our next step if we are trying to chap, tap into the wins that revenue operations can offer us as a business? Uh, make a list of all the things that you think are broken within your organization or you'd like fixed and then start to bucket them into specific uh, objectives that you can achieve. So if you said, hey, I think our sales process is broken. I think that our data and analytics aren't good. I think our systems aren't talking to each other. And so we're really having trouble servicing data. And then what you'll be able to do is on the other side, say, would a revenue operations professional be able to solve this? And if so, what background would they need to have? 
And so then you're going to really be able to understand this is what's broken in the business. This is what I want to fix. And this is the type of person I would have to hire and bring in or people, right? It could be multiple to be able to achieve the results we're looking for. So it's not rocket science, but it's something that I think a lot of people don't do. They put up a rec for a revenue operations role and they get a ton of you know, incoming candidates from all different backgrounds, but they haven't really sat down and thought about what is it exactly that would make this role successful and then in turn make our business successful because of it. I love that as a first step because what I see so often is, you know, people are like, hey, do you have a good job description for a RevOps person so I can copy paste? And, you know, that works in a lot of roles, like, you know, the, the roles kind of all the same, but you are, you're, you're really, uh, you hit the nail on the head in terms of you do have to look at what is your flavor of a RevOps person, especially if you're getting started. So for those listening, our action item is clear. We are going to make a list of what is broken in the business and then start to bucket that into objectives and looking at what sort of skills would be able to fill that. Um, and then also to continue the conversations, I encourage you to listen to episode 50 with Rosalind and episode 23 with Helen, because um, they both hit on some really, really key points as well. Um, Brad, I have enjoyed our discussion, but that's our time for today. Uh, before we go, how can our audience connect with you? Uh, feel free to look me up on LinkedIn. Uh, Brad Rosen at Sales Assembly. Would love to connect with anyone that's out there. Awesome. And then for those that don't know, tell me a little bit about what does Sales Assembly do? Yeah, we help uh, companies accelerate their growth through strategic learning and development. Uh, what we found is that folks really don't have the time or the expertise to invest in skill-based multi-modality training for their team. They typically train on their product and they train on how to go to market with their own sales team. So we help them out to make sure that they also have the foundations necessary to make sure all their go-to-market team is ready for success. Awesome. Well, we will make sure to link to both Brad's LinkedIn and Sales Assembly in the show notes. So wherever you are watching or listening to this episode, you will be able to connect. Well, thank you, Brad, so much for joining me today. Thank you. It's great to be here with you. Awesome. And thanks everyone for joining us. I hope you have enjoyed my conversation with Brad. I can't believe we're already at the end. We'll see you next time. You've been listening to Revenue Rehab with your host, Brandy Starr. Your session is now over, but the learning has just begun. Join our mailing list and catch up on all our shows at RevenueRehab.live. We're also on Twitter and Instagram at Revenue Rehab. This concludes this week's session. We'll see you next week.